I'm Scott. And I'm Seth. And we are track walking. And we have opinions. We have thoughts and feelings. Opinions. We're human beings. <laughs> so we have these things. Yeah, we decided we were talking before the show and we were like, no, these opinions yeah. are too valid to not be recorded. So we started the show. They're at least too strong not to be shared with the show. Yeah, that. Um, so the weekend happened, CODA happened. Yes. Um, and this, I guess this will be a full week after CODA when this comes out. Everybody should have calmed down by then, by the time the show comes <laughs> let's, out. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Let's <laughs> put, some, put some time space in there and let that heal some wounds. Um, we had our buddy and teammate, Brian DeFreeze, uh, drive all the way to CODA from his house. Which you can see from his backyard. Which is like three miles. <laughs> he actually drove the car to there because, you know, yep. it, it's easier than loading it onto a trailer. It takes at that way point. less time than putting it on a trailer. So, um, And Brian had uh, practice there a couple weeks ago. Um, kind of had some things he had to fix beforehand, but... Kind of the big fun news is that we got to try out our remote coaching and race calling stuff, um, which was very cool. Uh, so right now, can I do like a mini plug for the Sentinel guys? Yeah, sure. Only because they're have got Sentinel was the I don't even know exactly. I have, I didn't talk to them too much about their product, but they do like a live streaming in-car thing and so a lot of endurance that, teams use them yeah a lot of endurance teams use them so you can basically log in um the stuff is in the car and you can people can like log in and watch the race from inside the car very cool yep technology whatever blah 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 awesome the thing is these two guys are like literally the nicest guys in the world <laughs> just phenomenal i never saw them anything other than super positive super happy they they shook Sonia's hand at the end of the day. Wow! And said thanks okay. for being there. They were amazing. And and we're we're not trying to bash on people, but the fact that anybody acknowledges, let alone shows courtesy to a young female at the track, and like a real handshake, not one of those limp like oh shaking this little girl's handshake, but like a real handshake to her. It was phenomenal. Excellent. These guys were awesome. High praise. Yeah. Um, so basically my setup involved three screens um, and five different things going on at once. So six different things going on at once. I forgot one. So on Becky's iPad, I had the Apex Pro live telemetry up. And I was looking at speed trace and uh, G loading and kind of working Brian through what was good, what was working better, what he can do better, what the car is more capable of, et cetera, et cetera. And I was doing this because I was on the phone with Brian <laughs> during the races. 
Um, and by races, I mean like 1.2 races that Brian. And like 1.4 practice sessions. Yes. So almost half the weekend. Yes, almost. <laughs> um, yeah. And we even had our buddy on site, uh, Nick Coors get on a merged call with us and call the green flag for Brian as well. And then once he was done with that, he just hung up and Brian and I continued with our phone call. And, um, so I had the live telemetry up kind of helping coach him through that. I had the, uh, super lap battle live stream and the Sentinel live stream up. Now those live streams were considerably lagged. So I didn't use them in terms of, any live feedback or anything like that. Um, I did use it, I think, on one occasion for a yellow flag. Just help them be aware of that. Um, and then I had Race Hero up, kind of taking a look at lap times and monitoring that sort of stuff. And I think it. Uh, I think the inauguration went pretty well. It seemed to. Brian was happy with it. Yeah. So uh, Brian was working his time down well um despite personal personal bests happening two personal bests um and the um the way the predictive on the apex pro works is it doesn't take your theoretical best by like g loading and stuff like that it takes your best sector times and basically puts your best sectors together so it's still a little flawed in there but it's basically, it takes what you have done and it just says, if you put these all together, here's what you could do. Right. And that was a solid two seconds quicker um, than what he was doing, which means there's even more time on the table. Uh, he was pretty excited to hear that. Um, but Brian had some issues. and He, he did have issues, you, but he had friends too, so... <laughs> He had one very tired, very good friend. Um, yeah, and you were you and Sona drove out to um, to do tire duty, pit crew duty, and stuff like that. Yeah, we were we we're there for uh, tire temperatures, tire pressures, and moral support. Um, turns out my my mechanical support uh, in the face of having a, fu- a paddock full of people who are better, more experienced mechanics than me, lends me to like handing people seventeen millimeter wrenches and uh yep. paper towels and that sort of thing i get it because in the the second at the end of the second practice session qualifying or end of qualifying yep. sorry end of qualifying brian came off the track and uh wasn't able to shift um he would have to like just force the selector into gear and he came off the track and we played around with things and sure enough if the car was off you could slot it into gears fine. Felt great. If the car was running, you could not put it into gear. We talked to a bunch of people and they're like, yeah, clutch is weird. Like, like clutch is bad. Clutch is going to have to come out. And like the pedal felt great. Um, there was no problem with the hydraulics or anything. And so... Um, but before Brian got off track, I was messaging people telling them to go to Brian because he has to take his transmission out. <laughs> right. And so... Um, within about 20 minutes of coming off track, we, we walked over to the middle of the car show 
Brian's like, we need to find a guy who's sitting in a green Miata. And Brian would have to tell you the whole story sure. about who it was, but it's a, a link up of Honda guys. Yep. And the guy in the green Miata was friends with a Honda guy who worked at a Honda dealership in town. And they actually had a full clutch kit that wasn't that, that like didn't belong to the dealership kind of, it was just one that somebody had on the shelf sitting there waiting. Correct. Because I called the dealers and had them do a dealer part search for it. And there was nothing within a long distance. Right. So we came, so we went and we picked that up. And yeah, we literally walked up to a dude sitting in a green Miata in the middle of a car show with like the music going vump, 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 and the music's going and there's girls in hot pants walking around and we're like, hey, you got a clutch? Hey, you, you, hey, you, you got that stuff we need? <laughs> and so he did. It was amazing. And he gave us an address <laughs> and a name and we drove, drove half an hour, got a clutch, came back. That is a drug deal. <laughs> and when we got there, the most magic part of it was that uh, friend of the show, friend of everything, James Morgan, was at the track. He was not planning on coming to the track. <laughs> he wasn't. He actually, he drove down mm-hmm. to Austin. By himself. To pick, by himself, to the first part of it through like the icy blizzardy death that was going on in the Midwest at the time. Yeah, it was terrible. Um, to pick up a first-generation Honda Odyssey um, that he's going to do awesome things with. It was a free-titled car that's that's more than a shell, but not a lot more than a shell. Yeah, need needs some work. Needs some things, but it's, it was free. It yeah. has a valid title, and it's a Southern car. And he looked at it, and he's like, there's no rust. I'm like, yeah, we've just ruined James for like what it means to get a Southern car yep. and he'll never buy another Northern car again. I'm so excited. I get it. So his plan was to drive to Brian's house, load this sketchy van on a trailer, um, email us and send a message and be like, took the van later and then take off and head back North again. Yep. And we kind of waylaid him and said, James, we love you and you're a good mechanic. Could you come help us? And, um, I could attach a picture to the show of James and Brian under the car and the subframe out and the trans on the ground. And it took them about six hours of working. Yeah. Not, not at a hurried pace because they knew they couldn't make the race right. and they were just kind of wanted to get it done mostly before dark. Yep. And they put a clutch in just in the parking lot, which is it either is or isn't impressive depending on your your state of like whether you think that's a an impressive thing to put a car on jack sands and and do a clutch in six hours it's, it's with not, hand tools in a parking lot. It's not nothing. Yeah. The coolest part of that is that um <laughs> we were where we were paddocked was literally facing the car show. So there was I don't know, however many thousands of people that would that would ride this shuttle in from the drift area. And so you had these <laughs> these these towed trailers full of people come by us and they were all just watching trailer after trailer watch this car come apart. And then they would wander into the car show and they would look over there and you could watch Brian and James just like pull more pieces and more pieces and more pieces off. And 
And they were like, what are those yeah. guys doing? That's, that's not something you see at a car show. <laughs> no, it was like, like a full mechanical display going on in front of like a thousand car show yep. uh, people. It was, it was super neat. Yeah. Um, but they fixed the car. They Thanks to James. Car. James Morgan cannot be thanked enough. Yes. James Morgan fixed the car. James Morgan fixed the car. Brian, because this is the second parking lot clutch he's done. He is getting in there more. Yeah, like he kind of, like he understands the entire procedure now. Um, I think if you gave him a weekend in his own garage, he could definitely do it himself now. Um, so so that was pretty cool. Nice. Um, so the car got fixed. That was amazing. So... Yeah, in practice, he he put down some pretty good laps. I think one was a, a personal best by a little bit. Went out in qualifying, um, did a personal best by a little bit more, and then missed race one, and that was Saturday. And then Sunday morning was the F one style standing start race. So this brand new clutch that they just put in and drove around the paddock a bit. They. Um, they were going to really test on the standing start. Um, but due to some uh, race control things, um, cars that were not, were supposed to go at the very back, um, were had to start from grid, which... From from pit out. Yeah. From right, right from pit lane. Which, from the Formula One lights, which are right there, which is pretty cool. Yeah, which sucks and i yeah it was just miscommunication by like four layers of people there was it did suck um but everyone involved in it was kind of like it happens yeah i get it um they however did brian did a great job i mean he was solid 20 30 seconds behind the pack right when they actually released them um, and he ran down the back of the pack, uh, ended up passing six people, which was, I think, second most passes in that race, and um, finished a race in way better shape than he entered it, and uh, did some did some solid laps in between. Did you have the in car of him booping the Corvette in front of him when they released him? Did he actually boop it? It was close. I am ninety nine percent certain he did, and it's just the fact that Corvettes are made of Tupperware, and that that he nobody felt any contact because Sony and I watched it, and we were like, he booped him. So, did you see who was driving that Corvette? Yeah, that was that was a good yeah. friend of ours, Mike Zhang, who Brian and I have both known for a decade. We we started rally crossing with in the him red a and white ago. one. Yeah, that was Mike's Corvette. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. We talked, and and they had him start from the back for a variety of reasons too, mostly because his car was like super illegal, ah. and uh, which was, he was fine with. He was like, "Dude, I just want to drive around in the back and have fun." And so he spent the whole weekend trying to justify to the GLTZ people that he's like, "I will not screw with anything. Just let me drive around in like twenty second place and have yeah. a good time." I'm surprised they. I'm su- surprised they let him do that. But yeah. yeah. Um. Uh, but he was a good sport about the whole thing. And, uh, oh, yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Um, race three, um, you know, first first official, like, rolling start of the weekend. Um, something Brian's been working on for a while. He um, 
and I was just telling him who he was around, what he and his car were capable of. And, um, I, he, Brian has a, is developing his assertiveness, I would say, because Brian is like the world's happiest go lucky guy. Um, so when it comes to like wheel to wheel racing, it's challenging for him, especially on race starts. Right. So I, I was talking to him on the radio and I, or on the phone and I was telling him, it's like, all right, I want you to safely insert yourself <laughs> into spaces that exist before <laughs> people start turning in. And he did. And he had one of the best starts he's ever had. Um, it was really quite good. And had, you know, was going side by side through the S's, like was making moves. He was, he was looking good. And uh, he comes out of turn 11, which is um, kind of a tight left-hander onto the long back straightaway. And he uh, money shifts it. From second to first, which is like the worstest of all the money shifts. Yeah, it was. He's probably ham-fisting it a little bit considering what was happening around him. And he came over the... (laughs) came over the radio and was like oh sh- shit i money shifted it he's like something's not right i'm like all right can you describe the issue he's like car's way down on power doesn't doesn't feel right i'm like can you make it back to pits he's like i think so so he's so i tell him you know make sure there's no one behind you make sure you're not getting anyone's way and once he was sure of that i told him all right cycle the key Let's see if, like, just rebooting it will help. He did. It did not. So he limps it back, and again, I'm messaging everybody before he even gets to pits. Um, just so, like, hey, can you help diagnose this? However, I'm pretty sure this thing might be dead. Oh, no, it's dead. Yeah. It, it died loading onto the tow dolly yesterday afternoon. Um, I, oh, it did. I didn't hear oh, that yeah. part. No, he was. He was like, I think I can drive it home, and I was like, I think that's a terrible idea. So, like, he drove it up, and it. Yeah, like that's what I I, I checked in with top. him, and he's like, he's like, no, it died driving onto the Todali. Um, and so I I think, uh, amongst and, other things, I believe there was a a bit of an oiling issue, and his very yes. much down on power was the car. Falling out of VTEC because it didn't have the oil pressure to go into VTEC anymore. And then it continued to have less and less oil pressure until when he took it around the parking lot, it, the, the, the oil light came on. Yep. And um, so it'll be an, an interesting postmortem on that motor to see if it's the motor itself is salvageable or if it's like dead, dead. Um, but uh, that engine's done things. And has gone places. It has lived a life. It has... All engines die, but not every engine lives. 200,000 miles? I think only 160,000 miles on it. Okay. But it's lived its life as a rally cross car. With a national championship. With a national championship. It's seen one lap duty... Twice. Twice. Yep. Um, It's been to like... Mini autocrosses. 
38 different states or something? Yes, it has seen more more of the country than a lot of people I know. It has carried, it has housed a dog. It has been slept in on more than one occasion. I'm sorry, we're talking about the engine, not the car. The car's fine. The car's fine, <laughs> the car's I know, fine. but the engine carried it through all it of this, did. right? Like, it's to ask that of any engine. Um, yeah, like, I, <laughs> I, I remember bouncing it off the rev limiter coming down the the hill at road Atlanta. Cause I really didn't want to go any faster. Like shifting would have made me go faster. And I did not want to go faster down the hill. Um, so like it's seen some stuff. Yeah, it has. So I got a Viking funeral. Um, and Brian's got ideas of what to do next, but, um, he's, he's got another engine. I, I, I wasn't going to mention it on here. Well, it's, I know he's got another engine. It'll be fine. He does. It's it's Brian. He'll be fine. And it's it's the one he's going to put in next winter that he's looking at putting in in right meow. Right. So, um, but yeah, all in all, for Brian, I think there were a lot of good things to come out of it. Um, his engine is not one of them. <laughs> no. Well, it was a good a good weekend for that. I mean he he came out he he drove well the car worked well i mean except for that one shift that was like the one time he didn't drive well but the the car worked well um your your online coachy bit um worked really well on the way home sony's like how does scott not charge people to do this i do (laughs) yeah yeah and i was i was like "I, i think this is a thing because brian is like the prototype of how awesome this is and it is awesome. Yeah, I'm super pleased with how it's been working out. It's it's like having a right seat instructor with access to more data. Right. And in the comfort of my my kitchen. Um, um yeah, there's there's one missing piece of that and I'm I'm working on it right now. Um but we're we're really close to having something I think really cool, and um, yeah, and that's and that's part of why. It's a smaller part of why we wanted Brian on the team. One, we just like hanging out with him; he's yeah. such a good dude. Herman's actually the main reason we want to pet Herman. Herman was overwhelmed with the fact there's so many people in the house this weekend. He's <laughs> just like there just keeps being more people. <laughs> they all want to pet me. Um, so yeah, that was good. Um, GLTC in general had some, some really good stuff. I want to start with that. They had some amazing mid pack races, um, some amazing stuff at the front and back as well. Um, you know, some of the mid backpack battles got live stream coverage, which was great to see. Um, you know, there were some incidents that weren't as great, um, Glad Gary Wimble is okay after his his wall hit uh, coming on the front straight, but um, yeah, first it was first it was a weekend. weekend of the season. It's it's on, and first. it was a it was a great like. So I've gone to this is my two out of the last three years I've gone to this event at Coda. And the scale of the event this year was astonishing. Um, 
two years ago, it felt like a weird ghost town. Like the car show had like, you know, like 15 cars in it and like eight yep. people walking around and drifting felt very much like the, the drifting is, is done in a, a separate parking lot and drifting very much felt like a, you know, a local level parking lot drift event. And, you know, global time attack was global time attack, but it, it was one of those things where it looked, it looked more exciting on TV than it did in person. In person, it just felt like a track day of super fast cars. Sure. And GLTC at that time, you know, two years ago, was like know, 17 cars or something. Yeah, not many. And I um, think the standing start, 11 or 10, something yeah. was pretty small. So it, it felt much more like a, a collection of local club events um, that all happened to take place simultaneously, but none were really connected with each other. Mm-hmm. And this year was bonkers. There were so many people there. Um as a matter of fact, the second day when we came to come in, the first day we came in and we were just like, yeah, we're crew. And they gave us, they just gave us wristbands and let us in. Yep. And the second day, even though we had wristbands already, they tried to not let us in because there was basically no parking by like noon on the first day. So many people had come in that they were having huge parking issues down in the paddock area. They um, actually and this is, weren't going to let Brian back in after he test drove his clutch. No, I think this no, was, that was the, from the, the dead oil. motor thing. Yeah. And he was trying to come back in on a hurt engine and the, <laughs> the woman at the gate like wasn't going to let him back in even though his car had like GLTC on the side. He right. had a wristband and he just he politely said, thank went, you and yeah, thank through. you and just went through. <laughs> um yeah. Um so yeah, it was it's a destination, I think. It was busy. It was there was a lot of a very a very mixed crowd of happy people who were all excited about cars. Um, the drifting was they were doing drift ride-alongs, and the couple people I talked to were making money. Um, oh, they, twenty bucks they for two laps. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, put a sticker sense. on your car. Put a sticker on your car. Twenty bucks for two laps, and people hand you a twenty, and they get in. And people were doing thirty, fifty runs with people in there okay um i talked to i talked to shredder fielding and uh he said it went very very well <laughs> um so yeah we're gonna we have to have him on the show i talked to him for a while so and, what, uh, what about you are you uh are you excited about cars after that oh uh, i'm excited about trackings like okay. somebody asked me they're like do you wish you were driving and i'm like not at all um, I had a great time. Like I had a, and even Sonia said this at the end of the weekend, she's like the car people that you hang out with are the best. Um, thank you. She, that was just it. She's, yeah. And she's like, she's like, they talk to me like I'm a real person. They're all super nice. Um, she's like everywhere we went whether it was talking to talking to the drifters or talking to the GLTC people. And we went over and talked to, to Andy Smedegaard and all the ASM guys. And, you know, Nick Kors was there. Who's, who's so nice. And it's good, dude. And the entire weekend we were surrounded by nice people, like really genuinely nice, friendly people. And the people that randomly came over to talk because, because Nick and Brian are all super famous now. 
um, we're all like really nice people. And, and she was just, yeah, like, like that's my best thing. When your 16 year old daughter goes, dude, your car friends are so nice. That's yeah. It's very high praise for the, for the event. Walk, walking a little taller today. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, I know I don't like the, the, and then we both discussed like the effort involved. So, so not only was Brian there and broke his car twice, um, but uh, our good friend, Nick Kors was there um, sharing paddock space with us doing uh, global time attack with his ridiculous 700 horsepower uh, HN, which took you on the parts run. No, I took my car on the parts run. Oh, you took your car? Yeah, I took he, my lame Kia. Somebody was in his car doing a parts run. No, Let's somebody say. was in his car just driving around trying to see if it worked. Okay. <laughs> they they kept saying, we're going to go to Mexico for a second. And they would okay. head off to Mexico and make sure the car worked. Yeah. Um, but no, I did the parts run in the Kia. Okay. It's always good to have a lame car that works. Yeah. In the paddock somewhere. Um, but no, Nick drove his car back and forth to the track as well. Um, from Brian's house to the track. And that car's done a one lap as well. That car's done a one lap. And that car is ridiculous. The When they were doing the, the first doing practice sessions with it on Friday, they were having some boost creep issues. And the, the car was over boosting and lifting the head. Oh, my God. And blowing, blowing combustion gases into the, the coolant. And so, like almost every session, they had to battle with something. Um, the The car is constantly trying to break itself in well, some way or another. Well, dyno at seven hundred eighty something. Yeah, it's just like like when you start it, you're like, "Oh, that's really pissed off." <laughs> like, <laughs> it's super angry. Yeah. Um, wish and, I was there. What's that? I wish I was there. Oh I yeah, was, the whole weekend. The I was actually was like, close to coming. Um, I was going to be part of the Grid Life team, um, but but then but then Adam went. Yeah, but then Jabe decided to go. So yeah, I'm like, I'm like the hack uh, store brand Jabe apparently. Yeah, yeah. You're like the you're like the the backup replacement Jabe if ever one is needed. Yeah. Something. And it's not needed because because he does such a good job of doing everything. So, yeah, he does most of the time. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but and- yeah, my but yeah, my my daughter was like, we just watched everything try to break all weekend. We watched cars come in on the flatbed and like time attack cars constantly. Basically, every session, one or two would come in on the string. And it's and, and- it's worse at the beginning of the season as well. Um, yeah, because everyone's just got done with all their winter upgrades and stuff. It's their first time on track, and it's Coda, so you're at wide a, open throttle for way too long. Right. I mean, and cars she was are like, want to break. Yeah, she was basically like, "This this whole thing seems idiotic." Yes. Um, and I was like, "I agree. Let's keep racing tiny motorcycles, but let's hang out with our track friends." Yes. So, and I. I bet if we like put her in a cart or a car in a wheel to wheel thing, I don't think she'd have a bad time. I don't think she would either, but I don't really need to <laughs> like she needs a job before I get, I get we go it. down that path. Let's I be honest. It. I get it. 
So AMP's next. That's what I hear. It's, I got to race tiny bikes that weekend. It's uh, coming up way too quick for, for my liking. Yeah, you're basically ready though, right? So it's fine. No. <laughs> no. Things, things have to happen. Getting a lot of things lined up, but a lot of things still need to happen. Uh, the cars, a month away. It's like a month away. Dude, I am. I don't it's even. Fine. I don't get the car back for another week and a half. It's fine. And you, then, you worry. You worry too much. Then, then I've got to go to Chicago, have some exhaust stuff done. So that's like a full day. Why are you trying to change all the things? To make it so it doesn't melt my other things, <laughs> like it did last <laughs> year twice. Um. Yeah, I got to put like all the panels and <laughs> some aero stuff. Got to redo. It's it's not a ton, but then it's got to go get aligned. It's got to go get redynoed again. It's it's got things that need to happen. Speaking of a ton, you have to add weight to it. I do have to add weight to it. Yeah, yeah, and I took a bunch of weight out of it so that I can put even more weight but where i want it to go so yeah i had a uh old gltc buddy gordon mclevitz um who drives the gltc battleship tl Uh, oh yeah that's a neat car that car is cool uh he let me drive that thing around mid ohio and i took it i think on one more lap than he thought i was going to I came down the front straight, and he and Becky were standing there. I just stick my hand out the window with a one, with a one, one on it. Just, just one, one more. more. I wanted to do. I wanted to do turn one with a slight lift, <laughs> and I did. It's great. Uh, but I got to experience a front wheel drive car with all the toe out in the rear, and that car does not like to go straight. <laughs> that that will happen. Um, but he he works at a. Um, industrial machining shop and has been helping me design some ballast and stuff like that so i've got about 80 pounds i'm gonna put on the right rear which has always been light and the rest uh, i've got to get the car back and on scales that's that's this is another one of the time sensitive things back and on the scales with the new ballast and so i can tell him how much ballast i need and then uh, we've got it largely designed, um, but then we need to do some final details. And then I've got to figure out a way to get it from him. He's in Ohio, up to me. So, yeah, there's just, there's things. There's logistics that need to happen. So so, so one time I helped uh, helped a friend of mine, David Whitener, unbolt like 80 pounds of lead from the rear of his uh his ef civic same same situation but in his case he hit it behind the rear bumper cover nice so so people do that when they have bumper covers um i'm not gonna let that go because it's ugly and i'm gonna keep bothering you about that it it's fine (laughs) that's fine form over function kind of um i thought about actually putting the weight into the rear frame rail like actually like getting stuff and sliding it in um 
but I didn't, and here we are. So, um, yeah. So there's there's things that need to happen. Oh, vinyl. Yeah. There's there's things, man. Okay. It may be a month. It's less than a month, but yeah, I heard a rumor that the vinyl's gonna have colors that I don't know anything about. It's cool. It's cool. Yeah, I would, and and part of that rumor was like, "Cool, Scott tells me nothing." You're yeah. We we have a group. We have we have a group chat, a team. Group and chat. I'm I'm outside that group apparently. Well, you haven't added me to your Tim, you, Pete, Bob chat. I'm pro- so fine. I'm protecting you. You can. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Pete and Bob and Tim and everybody. That's a joke. I'm just joking with Scott, but also kind of. I'm pretending. He's not joking. Um, otherwise, you would have added me by then. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so been having a lot of conversations with a lot of the drivers coming out of GLTC. And um, yeah. yeah, we could talk. That's what started this whole thing. We need to record yeah. conversations with drivers coming out of the weekend i'm getting cold feet now but you want to kick us off um kind of so so my perception on the ground is i think was different than a lot of people who were watching it on live streams because at the track um and everybody who knows this who goes to to a track to watch like pro races versus watching them on tv you see way less racing at a track than you do when you're watching it on a live stream and this has become increasingly true as the, the GLDC live streams have gotten better. And so I think it's really easy to watch the live streams and be able to go, I saw everything that happened and I know all the answers. And it's very difficult to do that when you were at the track because you can't see the whole event. So I got done with the weekend and I knew some things had happened but everybody I knew who was at home watching the live stream had super strong opinions about all the things that had happened. Yeah, and the live stream is misleading in that it can, you think you know exactly what's happened and because you saw the end of an incident or you saw it from like a camera in turn one, what was happening in turn 20. Um, right. It's it's a little misleading, um, but you do kind of get to see some, some more stuff than you certainly do if you were at the track. So at the track, all I know is I heard like, oh, yeah, somebody passed under yellow. They got DQ'd. I'm like, and that happens. I mean, that's not that's not unheard of in GLTC. Sure. Um, it's one of those things where they're very strict about it because they want to maintain... Um, that is an expectation. And the only way you maintain these in, these rules, this culture, is if you actually do that. And as an example of that, um, a friend of the show, Chris Taylor, was doing his first GLTC race. And um, in race three, maybe, he, he made a move. I, I think th- it was race three. I, yeah. Race yeah, two he, or three, I don't remember. He, he saw an opening that in his B-Spec racing, um, how he races B-Spec with SCCA and those groups, um, is was a wide open move. And like when you see an opportunity, you take it. And and he will, I, I think he, he pretty much said, you know, that was 
he said his racer brain took over, I think is what I, is what I read him say. Um, and so he did that. And, um, some other people around him didn't quite know how to react to that because that's not really the kind of it's the kind of move that's strongly discouraged in GLTC. It was it was I'll very it was surprising to the driver on his outside. Is right. My take and and so he was uh, called the instigator of contact, even though he wasn't involved in contact. And um, I was there after the race when they came and found him, and they came and talked to him, and um, he was fine with it. And he kind of went, all right, this is um, this is your series and this is how you guys want to do it. And this is how you want to make sure that people bring their cars home. And so they they DQ'd him and made him start from the back. And he was fine with that because he understands that this is how like the only way you can make a race series where people don't run into each other is to is to DQ people when you think they make each other run into each other. And he said, as he said, it's way better than the SCCA experience where they say nobody should hit anybody and then you go out and grind each other into dust right um and don't do anything about it right and so and um, that's and that's been the the growing pain of gltc and you know the first three seasons now has been a parody of uh penalties and what do you what do you penalize and how do you penalize different things right and you make rules that uh, encourage the kind of racing and the kind of series you want to, and then the enforcement is backs up those rules. So you're basically how you penalize things is what you're saying is important. Right, and full credit to Renee. Renee has one of the most I full stop the most thankless job in gltc she uh renee hines is the race director um she was on the different amongst the crowd uh podcast episode that we did uh, a while ago and she's awesome um but being a race director is a thankless job because if you have to talk to her it's probably not a great thing (laughs) Um, and nobody's generally happy at the end. Right. Um, and she, and she, and she volunteers, to do she it. volunteers to do the worst job. Yes. Um, um, because she, she believes in the series and she loves the people. Right. So, and, and so it's been the parody of penalties that's been growing and developing for the past three seasons. And, um, I think still has some growing and developing to do, but it's hard. It is genuinely yeah. hard. It's it's less hard to say, okay, this happened here because of this and this. So this person is at fault or, man, it's really tough to say. It's a racing incident. You know, let's just do, but it's the, okay, what do we do about it? That's right. the hard part. Well, and even if it's a racing incident, the the goal is to not have every weekend to be like, eh, you know, we had racing incidents and right. people brought home wrinkly cars. Right. You need to figure out how to develop a culture where you don't have racing incidents right. that that 
result in wrinkly cars. And I had somebody talk to me and go, well, that's just racing. That's not possible. And I said, yeah, but if you look at the historic racing series where people do race hard against each other, you bring out very expensive, very rare cars. On bias applied tires that always you're, you're sideways all the time. Right. And your expectation when you bring out your very expensive car is that you will not wrinkle it because of what you or what somebody else does. So it's very possible to create race series where people run hard and they race clean and they don't wrinkle each other. Like, and they have an expectation, you know, nobody goes, nobody goes into a vintage race weekend where they're racing old Lola's and Ferraris and goes, yeah, you know, Rubin's racing. Like (laughs) that's. Yeah. Urban tracing or, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's all those little phrases we all know and heard. It's the, the Ayrton Senna misquote that everybody uses. It, it's all these little things like you can just say, well, you know, contact's going to happen. Yes, but that's not an excuse not to try to get better. Right. As a group. Um, GLTC is a team you may want to be finish higher in that team, but you are a team. We are a team. We are doing this together. Um, and if we're not, yes, contact is absolutely going to happen because it's not about the team. It's about you. And that's why we have a Spirit of the Weekend Award that gets the best prize of the weekend, in my opinion, of free next weekend right uh where the winners get some nice trophies and that's about it um it's you know there's more to racing than beating people and there was some fantastic driving i mean what i don't want is for people to come away from from watching the live stream of these four races and and have uh, you know a week's worth of Facebook arguments about who should have done what because it really it over that ends up overshadowing the fact that there was some really good racing to watch yes. um, from where we were on the infield bridge the racing that we watched there was some phenomenal passing and and making sure people had the room they needed to exist without being wrinkly. Yes. And just some really, really good close racing. And that was that was the best part of the weekend. Yes. Like in watching people come off the track like happy and excited because I got to see that. Um yeah. and and watch different cars. It wasn't one of those things where one car was fast and ran away with everything from the beginning of the weekend. People had to learn how to be fast in their car at that track with that group. Yes. And um, and they did. They adapted to the weekend and they learned how to get faster and they, they learned how to race better. Six rookies? Yeah. GLTC rookies anyway? Like yep. it, There were quite a few new drivers and they... I'd I'd have to like really dig into it, but they did great. Um, right. Yeah. There. By and large, it was a really cool weekend to watch. Um, 
again, they did have their incidents and everything, and I do want us to get better. Um, but there were some cool stuff. So, yeah. And uh, the, the one thing I will say is um, last year, when I watched GLTC stuff, the from like three or four years ago to last year, everybody was like, oh, look, it's become spec K-swapped, whatever. And they're like, ah, oh, it's all people were 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 bitching, like, oh, K swapped yeah. things, penalize well, them. Now yada. everyone's like, well, now it's spec Corvette. Blah, I know, blah, blah, and, blah. and this weekend whatever. nobody nobody even said a word about K swap anything. They're like, uh, Corvettes. <laughs> well, and it's Coda too, so it's like, but but it wasn't. There was how many Corvettes were there? Like seven or something? There there were a few. <laughs> But they there weren't seven Corvettes at the front. No. There were there were fast people in Corvettes at the front. Yep, that's fair. But but buying a Corvette didn't wasn't like a way to be top like I bought a Corvette and I showed up and now I'm top five. Nope. Um you had to be good at what you were doing. Yeah. In whatever car you were there in well, we've to ta- be with those fast guys. And we've talked about it before. It's the it's really the apex between a good car build and car prep and driver skill. Right. Like it's it's hard. Yeah, we, we said repeatedly through the weekend as we as we sat there and watched things get fixed and all that stuff. We were like, dude, racing is hard. Racing is hard. Raising is hard, and and the best part of the weekend was hanging out with people and helping people fix things that were broken and helping people learn to go fast and standing on that bridge with a bunch of people who were excited to watch racing, um, which was yeah. cool. For and... Sure watch people excited to watch drifting and watch people who were passionate about car show stuff. And there is a lot of energy, like the positives for the weekend and the energy for the weekend were really neat. And, and I'm, I feel like I'm like, I look in your eyes cause we're doing this video thing and I'm like, Scott's looking sad because he wasn't there. I wasn't there. Yeah. And, it, and, and to be honest, it would have been harder to do what I did with Brian had I been there. Um, you still would have rather been there. Yeah, I still would have. <laughs> still would have been there. Uh, we are at Track Walking Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Track Walking Chats on the Facebook group. Uh, leave us a review, rate, review, thumbs up, subscribe. I don't know whatever the 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 things are. Please do. What those. the cool kids do these days? Yeah, and uh, you know, I just realized I'm going to be uh older. When You're getting old. I'm getting old. So happy older Scott then. Huzzah. I want my cake. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Make me cake and you eat it in front of me. I'll do that. <laughs> I'm Scott. And I'm Seth. Have a good week. We'll talk to you next week.